This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. When, like, is it in the concept phase or as you talk to them that some of the human side comes into this? Because you're, you're sitting down to talk about football, but kind of the beauty of it is inherently there is a human element to this from, you know, the humans that are playing that they're scheming for to their own personalities, their own experiences, things that they uh, picked up along the way. The, the There's a great anecdote about how Kyle learned his only play action stuff from Paul Hackett. Um, that his dad wins the Super Bowl in Denver with one a Hall of Fame running back in Terrell Davis, but like they didn't have a play action game, which I just absolutely <laughs> blew my mind. So like, when does kind of the the more human storyteller side come into the process um, in the midst of these conversations? Because it's not like you sat down with them and didn't get human stuff out of them. So at some point in the questioning, you're having to confront them with this thing that is kind of in a way not football. Yeah, you know, you encounter power a lot, then you hit them with the outside zone, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, really what it was, was I I told them, you know, we all talked on background right off the jump, right? And I just, because again, some of them don't know me. And it's like, oh, there's a, uh, a, you know, NFC West NFL Rams reporter who's coming into my building. Like, are they a spy? You know, it's just kind of like those types of things where you you don't want to think that if you're a coach, but you have that constant paranoia um, of who are you letting into your ecosystem, right? And so we we all talked on background for, you know, the first part of any of these interviews. And um, I, I said, you know, I would say, I would just present theories that I had. One of my theories is that is exactly that and has been that since, um, you know, I started covering the Rams when Sean McVay was so open about like showing his work, essentially every single team that he has fielded has been a direct reflection of where he's at in life. And he, he openly talks about that. And so for me, I think to myself, well, I wonder if all these guys are like that because I can, I can imagine that they are because I hear stories and you talk to people around them and then you're, you're breaking down their tape and you're like, oh yeah, um, Kyle Shanahan shifting his entire sort of the multiplicity of his offense away from the quarterback and into his run game because 
that means that even when things go totally haywire, you have something to lean on, you know, those. And I'm like, I wonder if that's true. And you, and you, you don't assume you just wonder and you and you hypothesize. Right. But then you get a chance to sit down with these people and present those theories. And, and I straight up, you know, talk, when I was talking to Kyle, I straight up said, like, I have this theory and you might effing hate it. But, you know, <laughs> I have this theory that all of you guys' offenses look like you. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean by that? And so I explained what I meant. And, and he was like, yeah. And then he starts talking about why he thinks maybe that could be something. Or then he starts talking about, and, you know, it, there's this great quote um, when he's talking about play calling and, and how it's reflective of identity. And he kind of starts arguing with himself a little bit. And he, and he talks about how he needs to he needs to be careful about his own personality and, and mm. he has to be in conflict with it um, as a play caller. And so those things started to unfold sort of naturally because, again, they were based in football. And I think these guys, because that's the lens that they see the world through, it's also identity and football are so interconnected. And it doesn't mean that you can't have a full identity as a human because football is like the most human sport, right? And, and everything that happens in football is about being a person on the planet, right? And so I think that, that that's something where if it's shaped them so much, it, they can't help but reflect it back onto the field. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? I, I know you have something in mind, like, and I agree with you 100%, but I'd like to get your thoughts is when you say it looks like him, could you just like kind of give some specifics? I think a lot of people hear it and they say, oh, like, you know, what, like conceptually, but like yeah. when you watch a Kyle offense, like, the splits feel a certain way, the tempo, the motions, it's got a, it's got a cadence to it. Mm -hmm. You just kind of elaborate on that. Well, you can feel sort of the experiences that he's had of mostly what, what doesn't work, right? Yeah. You can feel his life experiences of things that have failed or his own personal failures. And you can see how everything has to have a solution. Every, every uh, problem has to have a solution. And what I talked about with him is, is, you know, I feel, I felt as though, um, because crazy things sometimes self-inflicted have happened with him in games, um, he's created layers of, of answers in the multiplicity of what he can do, not just with his running backs and his receivers and making them extensions of the run game, but also what he's now doing with his linemen in yeah. ways that, you know, maybe a Sean McVay team is, is simplifying things a little bit more with his, with his linemen and focusing more on the flourish of, of finally having that quarterback who can throw the ball down the field. And so on the converse, you know, Sean, when I've talked with Sean McVay about some of this stuff, it's like, you know, he'll admit that he's impulsive and he's had to battle with that part of his own play calling identity. You can see it because he literally goes to a drop back game with a quarterback who can make trick shots. Like, <laughs> hell yeah, man, make the trick shot. <laughs> you know? And But then his run game kind of goes away a little bit, right? Yeah. And, and so, and with Mike McDaniel, um, who has been waiting for this opportunity and working behind the scenes for this opportunity, what does he go out and do? He gets like the fastest players in the league, yeah. right? Quote unquote and he, in, the, in, in the podcast, our receivers are fast as shit. There you go, Craig. We gotcha. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> FCC, but, this is a podcast. This is not the radio show. I can finally also, be unleashed. But also like, but then, but then there's a, there's an identity too. And, in, in how he's talk, how we hear him talking to Tua. He makes him feel seen. He makes him feel yeah. valued in a in a place where a great point. He, he comes in and it's the scheme, the scheme, the scheme. Well, Mike McDaniel was a part of that conversation for under Kyle Shanahan four years. Mm. So what does he go and do? I mean, obviously, you know, not even getting into the the injury stuff, which which really stunk and was was awful to watch last year. But like 
in terms of how he interacted with Tua, you know, onboarding him into the system um, and interacted with him when you could hear him in the headset on the sideline, making the quarterback feel like he matters in a th- in a scheme that's telling you it's not about you, it's about the skill players because of Mike McDaniel's own experience within that scheme, building that scheme. Um, to me, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned Mike because I thought one of the things that came out of there that was like really fascinating is he's a guy that, you know, I remember walking into his office in San Francisco and he's got the blanket over him, the AC's on, all the lights are off, and he's, you know, fast-forwarding, rewinding a motion to see how far the linebacker's going to move and be like, if we do this out of this formation. And then for him on the po- on the, on the podcast to be like, you know, it's it's egotistical for me as a play caller to think I'm running the show was, I, I don't know, I just was not expecting that from him, you know, because like he's a guy that's so meticulous. And like, were there anything that surprised you in those conversations? So that's a total departure from what I thought or expected the answer to be. Well, I didn't quite know what to expect with Mike McDaniel in general. <laughs> um, that so, feels like the I correct think, expectation. Is it yeah, expectation I, I went in with zero assumptions. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, but but honestly, like what was startling and to your point, it was it was startling in a good way to hear a, such a a young head coach, not young age-wise, but he was just leaving his first year as a as an NFL head coach, his dream to be so open about how he thinks about play calling, how he thinks about football, how he designs things, where he comes up with his ideas. Different like he the 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 San Diego the, the Matt Breida example that he has where he literally designs an explosive run based off of some scouting that he did over a running back, you know, and it was yeah. like it came to him when he was like lying awake at night. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just and the way that the layers all unfolded with that. And for me, I was like, usually when you talk to first or second year or even you know, fourth or fifth year head coaches, they're still finding their footing in in how they communicate and express themselves and they're still finding their footing in like the, that space of how much do you divulge and and not in a way that you want to sound smart or you want to sound a certain way. It was so natural that he just talked about all Mm. of this stuff, understanding that people were going to hear it. But at the same time, you know, it it just, it, it was almost like, you know, I'm on to the next ideas already. So I don't really care if you hear about the old ones. And that was really interesting to me. That's cool. Yeah. Actually, that that goes to one of the quotes that I thought was most interesting in the piece uh, or in the in the in the series, which is I think it's Kyle in episode one says we're not successful because we're good. We're successful because we're ahead. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious for both of you, Logan, as someone who played in the league for 10 years, most of it under these coaches and, and Jordan, for you talking to them, but also just in your experience covering it, like how true is that? How true is Oh, we're just ahead versus like, no, this is a really good idea that actually puts the defense in a conflict that is going to be like, unless you're a hundred percent looking for this thing, which is hard to do because the whole playbook is available in any given down and distance situation, or at least parts of it is going to be really hard to be prepared for. Also, can I just say, um, Logan, I need a like long break from all of these people after just a year. I don't know how you did it, man. <laughs> so, well, I'll, I'll say that they I'll paid say, him well. No, I'll say this: like, um, so, like, everyone. This is like a little bit of a personal anecdote about this specifically, right? So, you don't know me very well, but I am very, very meticulous and obsessive about stuff, right? And so, I actually like my personality fit the way that they coached really, really well. And so, people say, "Oh, Logan, why don't you coach?" You know, what, 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 what prevented you from doing that? And I think part of it was like seeing the direction my life would have to go 
because like that's the standard of excellence that they set. And like, I just didn't have the, I didn't know if I could do that. If I could sacrifice the way that they've sacrificed, which you talked about a little bit in the piece, you know, like that, like, you know, so it's, we're very similar. Let, let me just say that we're very similar in terms of mindset. Like when I was playing your value as a human being to me, or as a teammate was directly correlated to how you approached and saw football and Kyle was that way. And Sean was that way. And I think that's why we, we got along pretty good, you know? Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that, <laughs> but it's a, uh, it's a lot though, man. That's a big, uh, it's a big lift. I'll say. So Craig, you had a, you had a head thing. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Yeah. There. So uh, the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You know, good versus ahead. Like, where do how true is, is Kyle's mantra that being ahead is the most important thing? Is this a me question or a for, for either one of you? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it, it, most of this is about controlling space, right? Um, and manipulating space. And uh, Cody Alexander has a great quote in there, spatial Darwinism, which yeah. I love. Yeah. Uh, I told him, I was like, you better copyright that Ooh. before the series comes out because it's so good. You're going to have coaches all over the place stealing that thing. Um, but but it really is. It's It's the evolution of how to manipulate mathematical advantages in terms of, you know, portions of the field, voids and angles, things like that. And I think staying ahead from Kyle means staying ahead of obviously of the defenses and staying ahead of how they think about how they're going to react to the space that you manipulate. So it's almost a, a double double move. And, and you hear all the time players talking about how he sequences things and how he'll call um, not, there's never a right word for it, but he'll kind of waste plays sometimes, um, because it, it's testing a void or it's testing a certain reaction from the defense and it will tell him where he needs to go next, depending on, you know, what that reaction is, even if the play is a dead play or a blown play, as long as it's not a turnover or whatever, usually you can find the answer for that. And that's what I think makes a lot of these guys unique. Sean McVay sequences plays a lot of times like that. Um, Rams fans, it's funny, for years they've been so upset by the the draw play on third and medium. And one time it worked, Todd Gurley like broke a hole wide open, scored a touchdown explosive run, ate like 80 yards or something on third and like 16. But like one time it worked. And every every other time he'll, he'll run this freaking draw on third and medium. And it drives people crazy and I get it. But also it's like, uh, reset, it's a reset button. It's like blowing on the cartridge, right? Like, because that sequence didn't work, right? So now you reset and you start another sequence. And it's important when I, when I think about these guys talking about staying ahead, I mostly think about like how they sequence things together and how they test that space. Um, and I, and I do think that, yeah, that part's important, but it's like how you perceive what it means to stay ahead, um, is equally as important probably. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's it's like everyone thinks ahead is like, oh, they're doing something super innovative offensively. And they are. They're doing innovative stuff. But it's also like their understanding of defense. Like when I was with Kyle, when I was with Sean, like they could have installed the opposing team's defense for you. And so like that, like those reactions that they're cultivating 
through play design, through spacing, through motions, through even like how they coach the offensive line on certain play actions is the thing that's really different, right? It's the thing that kind of allows them to know. It's like a boxer studying his opponent saying, oh, every time I throw the jab, he faints away. And you'll see in a fight, like a boxer will throw a jab just to ensure that they have that reaction. And like, so Kyle, like to me, they're, they're not throwaway plays, they're insurance mm-hmm. plays, right? And Ooh, good. Um, that's yeah. a good way to, yeah, I was looking for the right word. That's yeah. Good. So like, he's just saying like, Hey, like, you know, for example, we had a play action uh, when I was here in 12, I don't think he even runs this play anymore. It was a uh, 15 split and the play action off of it was excellent, you know? And, but he was like, I want to make sure that the linebacker and the safety are going to react the way I want. And so I'm going to call 15 split and everyone's like, Oh, here's a three yard run. Great. Next series, we got a touchdown to Aldrich Robinson because they did exactly what he thought he was going to do. And it was just kind of like ensuring that, all that film study, all that prep didn't waste the knockout punch and the knockout punch lands when you need it to land. So to me, it's the sequencing's great, but it's the, 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 the secret sauce is in from a football innovation standpoint, it's understanding defenses, understanding where defense is going. And I think you alluded to this beautifully is constantly challenging convention. And that's mm-hmm. where they are. This group of coaches is very special. Yeah, that Andrew Whitworth says this thing. I've never heard anyone say this before until doing research for this series. And it sort of like defines all of all of these guys and their process in, in some ways where he says, um, we 17, 18 Rams, like we literally wanted you to play your perfect defense. If you played your perfect yeah. defense, we had you. And and that is such an a loaded, interesting comment to make it's true, because though. it's true it's it's the insurance plays and again like if if you can force an opponent to react and show you their work then you can counter their work with your own yeah. and that that's so that's so interesting to me but it also what what i think was a catalytic shift and and like just just what you just alluded to was all of a sudden they're now saying okay well i'm tired of doing this 17 times 16 times a year I'm going to bring it into my own building, something that gives me absolute fits. I'm going to bring it into my own building and workshop against it over and over and over again, um, because now I'm I'm getting more answers and I'm trying more things, but nobody else can see it because it's not out in the open for everyone to pull tape from. And and that's what I think when, when you're talking about that innovation and that constantly that it's sort of like being unafraid to try those things, they're not asking you know, why can't something work? They're asking how they can make it work. And and that's kind of how they see that defensive offensive struggle and like troubleshooting against those defenses. And and that those, you know, in this in their timeline, they've all made one or more decisions that have had enormous consequences, not just on their own teams, but across the league and the ripple effects that those have in and I and and for, it's for all these offensive coaches, a lot of those decisions always come back to the defense, yeah. right? And it always comes back to their understanding and their workshopping <clears throat> specifically against those defenses, bringing, bringing the thing that hurts them the most into their own house um, and seeing what they can make of it. I, it just, it, it, the whole thing is just endlessly um, interesting in that regard. 